Welcome to If the Walls Could Talk, a series of conversations about smart buildings, connecting key thinkers in the real estate industry with each other and with you. I'm Jules Barker, Global Director of Product at WideScore, the certification company dedicated to making the world's buildings smarter and better connected. In this series, we cover topics like how to create a smart building, user-first design, smart buildings and sustainability, and the importance of the right technical infrastructure. And that's what we're focusing on today with our guest, Mark Gieler, founder and CEO of Thingit, the largest smart real estate operations platform on the market. Mark, thanks very much for joining us today. My pleasure, Jewel. Mark, I wonder if we could start with you giving us an introduction to your company. Of course. So I am what you would call a serial entrepreneur. This is my third company. It's uh, probably interesting to look back to the second, which was um, a business process management platform, uh, which I sold to a uh, large U.S. company. And what the platform was used for was integrating business processes in the financial services world. And what Thingit does, we're transitioning the capabilities of integration of business processes, etc., to the real estate world. That makes it an enterprise platform. And how much overlap is there, Mark, between finance integrations and real estate integrations? (laughs) Finance knows much better about software and integration these days. They have pretty much 40 years ahead, right? So real estate is just learning it. And I think what finance can already do is connecting people, connecting systems, connecting data is what we will need to make a building fully operational towards the needs of uh, today's digitalization requirements. And in real estate, do you think there's a lot further to go in that understanding? We will see a full connection, a full penetration um, in, in about five years from now. We see it starting everywhere, specifically with the corporates, but an understanding that all of that is an enterprise task and not a task for a point solution, such as desk booking tools or something, that is something people are starting to learn right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've seen a huge amount of growing enthusiasm for technology in the real estate market, and that's obviously where you come in. How, though, do you think about and how do you help your clients make sure they're installing the right technology, not just technology for technology's sake? The very first thing you need to do make sure that your platform is hardware agnostic. It can connect to everything. And that means to everything from a vendor perspective as well as to everything from a technology perspective. So it has to go from uh, building management systems to retrofit sensors such uh, with technologies like an ocean, uh, parking systems, elevators, access control, parcel stations, lockers, etc. The second thing is look at digitalization of your property always from an enterprise perspective. We're talking to a lot of different people in a lot of different roles. So you need things like entitlements, you need things like single sign-on. So all the enterprise capabilities uh, you have uh, with things like uh, enterprise resource planning systems for ages. And then make sure that you're focused on the perspective of the different stakeholders. Interesting enough, um, if you look at uh, the main goals of of a corporate real estate manager today to make sure that hybrid office works, that people are uh, 
that that people's well-being uh, on site is supported that that uh, employees work efficiently and comfortably this seems quite different from the primary goals of let's say an asset manager who wants to operate um the building efficiently satisfy ESG requirements etc but if you look a little bit deeper all of these use cases have overlap and they have overlapping needs with regard to the underlying platform all of them need the, the building structure to be understood they need the uh, the building information uh, model in the system that's one of the ingredients uh, you always need the bim one of the ways that widescore thinks about technology is the outcomes it delivers and and the way that smart score looks at it we say there are four outcomes that that technology can deliver there's sustainability there's efficiency there's user experience and there's future proofing do, do you have a view about the hierarchy of those and which are the most important elements for technology to deliver i would not even uh, put a priority anywhere i would say most of the initiatives uh, will help uh, with at least two of those pillars if not all of them and you can pick examples where this is going to happen i mean take mobility uh, and and support for that uh, that is surely helping and and the support for the hybrid work right this is something which helps with the efficiency of of employees for example co-workers at the same time it truly contributes to esg so all of these things are interconnected and they they pretty much pay into all of the four accounts if you will but one thing that's clear is that as we go back to the office we're going back to the same offices that existed 2 years ago and in many cases 10 20 or more years ago and so getting technology right in those buildings is going to require retrofitting do, do you have a view about how difficult it is how easy it is and and the steps that you need to take for a successful retrofit interesting enough most of the digitalization initiatives and use cases can be achieved and materialized as much with retrofit as they can be with new build. First and foremost, a lot of the use cases are not necessarily or not immediately connected to technology. You can do desk booking, you can do parking uh, booking, you can meeting room booking and and, uh, these things uh, first without uh, sensor technology. But then the next question is, okay, good. Um, I'm allowing... uh, my coworkers to use desks and, and, and meeting rooms flexibly with booking, uh, do I really know whether they show up or they have decided to stay at home and do everything via video conferencing? And then you start integrating uh, sensors to, to measure occupancy. That is a retrofit task um, that obviously requires to connect uh, um, sensors uh, to the cloud to get the data uh, that comes with the need uh, for power supply for these sensors. Uh, and, and here you end up with some kind of radio technology. And from a cost, total cost of ownership perspective, uh, all of these retrofit initi- initiatives are probably easily written off uh, against the gain uh, over a period of six to 12 months from an, from an ROI perspective. How much time do you spend helping your clients understand the ROI of the investment they're making? Specifically for the corporates, the ROI considerations are quite easy because even with long-term lease, um, they they surely change their buildings and they can can reduce the space. For an asset manager, it's, it's it's much more difficult to justify the investments again against operational efficiencies. So that's a bottom line consideration. Uh, and, and the ESG requirements, because ESG requirements are also not 
not trivial to quantify. There's no simple spreadsheet saying if you do this or that, you gain so much on the uh, on the ESG side. And and the regulatory stipulations uh, or or restrictions and, and implications are not that that severe, not stringent yet, right? But what's challenging, I think, for the industry right now is that, as you've said, the, the landlords, the asset managers, for them, a lot of this investment doesn't return in operational efficiency upsides because that accrues to the service charge. What you're absolutely right is they're defending against leasing downside of stranded assets and other challenges that if you don't invest in this stuff in three or four years time or, or possibly sooner, that's when it'll come to hurt you. Yeah, I, th I think the big change will be, and that is what I'm expecting over the next five years and not earlier, is that those three parties will establish an ecosystem where it will be normal that you procure digitalization services from the others uh, or participate in digitalization initiatives pretty much like uh, uh, hot and cold water, right? So if an asset manager invests into digitalization of their properties, be it new build or retrofit, doesn't matter. They need to benefit from it with regard to their goals regarding operational efficiency, regarding ESG goals, etc. But at the same time, they need to be able to sell that to uh, to their clients. And that is beyond the, the, uh, the, the traditional uh, cost model you have in a building, a, like heating or something like that is it is a new business it requires uh, new legal uh, concepts and if that ecosystem is established that is really the disruptive driver for full digitalization and that re requires a platform that requires that enterprise level we have built with thing it's obviously a great deal harder if you're making these decisions speculatively. And a lot of development, um, as we know, is done speculatively, where the developer will build a building, fit it out, and has to make a whole load of infrastructure decisions without knowing who the occupier is going to be. How do you recommend a, a speculative developer or, or an asset manager on a retrofit thinks about that? The very first thing you want to understand as a developer, uh, an asset manager, because it applies to the asset managers as well, because retrofit is key. How do you roll out digitalization services efficiently across your entire portfolio? You need to understand how you do this from, uh, from a heterogeneous hardware environment support to what are your service providers, etc. And having a platform is one of the key decisions here. Because what you cannot afford is uh, bespoke integration projects per property. So are there um, other mistakes to be avoided in terms of selecting hardware and infrastructure? The, the advice we always give is make sure in pilots that you have an understanding of your internal value chain. Uh, pick use cases, not too many and not too few. And try to materialize those with one or two buildings, validate those, look at what you have done with regard to the, the project and, and judge whether this is a methodology, if you will, you can replicate for uh, other parts of your portfolio and then um, get broader. That would, would be the recommendation here. Uh, are there minimum levels you think you need to put in in terms of hardware i'm thinking for example making sure you have extra fiber runs in place because you might need them in the future what mistakes can you avoid in, in that sense 
I think if you're talking about a new build, there are certain things you need to consider right from the start. You should always cater for some kind of additional um, radio-based infrastructure because you never know about the use cases of tomorrow. And the use cases of tomorrow are the sensors of tomorrow, the actors of tomorrow, and they need to be connected from a data and power perspective. But then do you really need to buy all of the sensors you're thinking about uh, immediately? No. Why don't you wait for your tenants to come up with requirement? And that is a retrofit thing. That's a retrofit thing which comes after the new build, but connected possibly to the radio infrastructure you already have, to the platform you already have, to the cloud you already have. So, Mark, another topic I'd love to dig into with you is the subject of data. How important is it, do you think, that the systems that go into a building have common data structures, common ontologies in order to facilitate the data gathering and management afterwards? What we do is we have means, we call that stream processing, where we normalize everything which is coming in towards the business meaning of what the sensors are telling us. Imagine an approach to measure desk occupancy, which you could do with uh, measuring the temperature close to a sensor, which indicates that a laptop is standing in front of, uh, on, on top of the, uh, the desk or a person is sitting close to the sensor. That gives you an indication of occupancy. And that is the ontology you're looking for. You want data in the system indicating uh, business-relevant data. And then you want to access those across your entire portfolio with sufficient performance, with means to analyze those data which are specific to real estate. So it's not just a simple slicing and dicing approach to drill down into a BIM hierarchy, like sites, floors, spaces, or something like this. The, the system which does that needs to understand the semantics of a building to perform proper data analytics. So from physical data to business data to analytics, which understand that we're looking into a building and not into a supply chain or uh, a financial market model. I think that's probably about all we've got time for now. The main point I think I've really taken away is the importance of getting the foundations or, or getting the right platform in place and, and everything else can be built upon that. Um, but I just want to say thank you very much indeed for taking the time to join us today. It, it was a real pleasure, Jewel. Thank you for your time as well. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. And if you like what you hear, you can subscribe to If the Walls Could Talk using your usual podcast provider. Thanks for listening. Listening.